Welcome to another session today with uh, Crypto Talks Wednesday. I'm really, really excited about this session. We have uh, an excellent guest. Jay is here. Jen is here. Uh, so hopefully it will be a very interactive session and we're going to be learning a lot of uh, information. Let's, uh, let's hit it, uh, Rudy. Uh, welcome, uh, everyone. Uh, let's uh, welcome uh, uh, Jennifer. Jennifer Sanhaji is the growth behind, is leading the growth behind the DAO and behind MakerDAO specifically. So I want to welcome you, Jen. Thank you for being with us on such a short notice. But uh, MakerDAO is one of the best projects out there. And it is proving a point, a turning point in the cryptocurrency markets that cryptocurrencies are no longer about finance and are no longer about money, but about governance uh, as well. So uh, governments might change in the future because of the governance structures of cryptocurrencies. And one of the best out there is uh, MakerDAO. So please, Jen, introduce yourself and welcome to Dex Talks. Hey, hey. For having me here. Sorry, do you guys have an echo or is that just mine coming through? Okay, it seems to be gone. Um, yeah, I'm excited to be here. La best uh, salam alaikum to all of you watching from abroad. Um, so, yeah, I work at the MakerDAO, um, on the MakerDAO growth team. So, um, for the past three years almost, I was at the Maker Foundation, which is the business entity that um, kind of operates um, and bootstraps the, the MakerDAO project. And just recently in the last month, we actually kind of reached a really big milestone where we've started to dissolve the foundation. Um, so what that means, it's, it sounds kind of negative, but it's actually a really, um, you know, something we've been striving for for a while where business units will form and work independently under the DAO and be entirely governed by the Maker the maker community, so MKR holders. So the growth team, which um, I'm a part of, is one of the first doing that. So it's really exciting to kind of see this um, this evolution in makers history. So um, I'm based in North America, right outside of New York City. And uh, my day-to-day -day is really focused focused on building out partnerships and integrations with other applications, companies, um, looking at different distribution channels uh, for DAI, so thinking about all the exchanges where DAI can be, um, you know, bought, sold, traded, um, and making it really easy for anybody anywhere to be able to access um, this decentralized stablecoin that we have. I'm also part Lebanese, and my husband is from Morocco, so this is actually super cool for me to be um, part of this conversation and, um, you know, talking with uh, Tay and learning about all the things he's doing in uh, Lebanon and in the MENA region is, is really important um, for maker make Maker's mission. Um, very early on, you know, we stated and still remain very focused, in, focused on providing financial inclusion and financial access to anyone anywhere in the world. And, uh, you know, really breaking down the barriers that exist um, for people to be able to lend, borrow, save, and and really kind of take control of their finances. Thank you. Thank you, John, uh, Jen, for this uh, uh, nice introduction. You were talking about the DAI. So DAI, for our uh, viewers, is a stable cryptocurrency. It is one of the special stable cryptocurrencies because it is not backed by a central company like USDC or USDT. 
although that we see in Lebanon and in the MENA region, the most used cryptocurrency today is not Bitcoin or Ethereum. In fact, it is the stable currencies, USDT, for example, for what it provides as a collateral or as a hedge against inflation, and especially in Lebanon, the hyperinflation. So, Jen, I want to know from you why people should use DAI and not, for example, USDT Tether. What makes DAI so special? Yeah, it's really um, the decentralized attribute, and that is particularly more important for these regions of the world where hyperinflation is such, um, you know, a big problem. So, you know, the decentralized aspect where, you know, there isn't any one entity or person that could say, we're going to turn this off, we're going to seize these funds, or we're going to limit your ability to access them or to move them around, is something that people who have only really suffered from hyperinflation um, can relate to and have that probably, um, you know, raw feeling of this, this is real, like, I actually know that my money can be manipulated from me in a very specific way. So here in the United States, you know, cryptocurrencies are you know, it's much more speculative and people are, you know, talking about things you can do with them like farming and, um, you know, trading and, and you know, it's not so much about this everyday um, lifeline to being able to um, maintain and store your wealth. Um, so the decentralized piece of it and why DAI is different from the fiat-backed stablecoins is is really, um, you know, because of that. Because if if you've ever suffered from, you know, the hyperinflation, you know that is something that could happen only because you're providing trust into a government or somebody, a bank, or some monetary, um, you know, policy that is going to potentially make bad decisions. So that decentralized aspect where you can look at DAI, you can see the balance sheet, so to speak, at any given moment um, on the blockchain and know what is backing it. Um, you can see all the collateral and all the value that's backing all that stand, standing die. That's that's valuable. And I and that's truly what makes it unique. Nice. Nice. So, Jennifer, what are the challenges on starting a die in general? Since today we're talking about dies from a perspective of governance and it is providing a new type of a way to govern companies, to govern communities. How difficult is it to start a DAI? A DAO. A DAO. Yeah, a DAO focused on DAI. Yes, it is actually, it's not that easy. Um, you know, Maker's been at it for probably, you know, the longest, I would say, because, you know, um, Maker was really came, came to life, the idea of it, um, at least almost six and a half years ago, where the, the current founder, Rune Christensen, and his, um, at the time, technical co-founder, were really, you know, advocates of, of Bitcoin and just decentralization in general. And, um, you know, they, they looked at the BitShares uh, community and were excited about what they were seeing there. But, um, you know, realized that having governance and risk mechanisms that would really properly, um, you know, stabilize assets in a way that those assets can be used on a, on a scale because of uh, stability, um, you know, kind of is where the idea of a decentralized U.S. dollar denominated stablecoin came to life. And so there was a lot of people just, you know, informally who were excited about this idea and would kind of 
um, you know, meet up and talk on Reddit and different forums about what, you know, what Maker is, what the vision is, and, and became, you know, kind of contributors and, you know, just these early stage um, community members without really having, the, you know, an immediate incentivization like we see today where DAOs spring up around a collective idea and a collective um, kind of incentive al alignment. Um, early on, it was really about people just excited about this concept. And then from that, it continued to grow. And as the protocol um, kind of emerged as this, um, you know, thing where people could actually generate DAI and start using it, the reality of, well, we have to govern this and govern this in a way where the health of the, the system is intact and it can continue to scale. And so, um, you know, that brought in, you know, the whole dynamics of voting and coordinating decisions and coordinating uh, questions and thinking about what what are the things that we should, you know, that should be focused on. So, um, you know, today, you know, we've kind of streamlined that whole process of, you know, what kind of questions should be asked? What kind of product features should we be thinking about? Um, what what are the risk parameters that we need to be altering from a day-to-day -day perspective? And so there's, there's dialogue in the format of forums. So Maker Forum is this kind of public um, destination where anybody, you don't have to be a community member, you could just pop on. Um, forum.makerdao.com and see in real time all the different proposals that are being um, discussed and voted on and, and other topics that the community is thinking about to really govern and manage the whole system. So, um, you know, I would say the, the not so easy part is, is come, you know, comes down to voting and getting people to, you know, be able to find the time to carve out and, and, and stay on top of all the relevant things because crypto, as everybody knows, moves fast. I mean, day to day, things change. Um, Maker as a protocol is not one of those super easy ones to understand overnight. So you have to be constantly involved and learning and um, staying on top of those items in order to make good decisions. Because if you're, if you're voting in the wrong direction, then that's actually going to reflect back on the, the actual the value of the community, the value of the protocol, and the actual value of the MKR token, which is the government's token. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's by no, you know, it's not an easy feat at all, but we've gotten to a point where we've put in place, we, the community, has put in place, um, you know, different ways to communicate, different ways to make decisions, and then ultimately take that to on-chain voting. Yeah. Well, Jennifer, I mean, uh, we're going to cover in our uh, news today in the Arabic section, the mishap or the mistake that happened with uh, BlockFi when they gave uh, Bitcoins instead of uh, GUSD as a uh, promotion to their subscribers. So you're talking about not a company that is doing or governing MakerDAO, but you're talking about a community. And you mentioned voting and you mentioned governance. Um, as you know, our uh, regions or in, in the MENA region, specifically in Lebanon, we have a big problem in governance from a government centralized perspective. So I think DAO could give the opportunity for communities to govern themselves, to create their own money, to find their own uh, solutions. Yet what I'm hearing from you is it is not that easy 
and it requires a lot of dedication and you need uh, basically key players or you need people to carry this flag and always push forward. So tell me, what? How, how do you stay busy? How busy blockchain and, you know, DAO, MakerDAO uh, puts uh, Jennifer uh, in her day-to-day activities? <laughs> Um, it's, you know, it's busy, but it's fun. I would say it's not busy where you're just, you know, you're burnt out and you're, you're like, why am I doing this? It's, it's like you want to have the energy and the stamina to be able to continue to take it all in and, and stay on top of it. So it's, it's a really, you know, it's a positive busyness, but it certainly is busy. And, um, you know, going back to your point about, you know, a DAO being a really, you know, good model for communities and places like Lebanon to consider, um, I would definitely not discourage that, um, you know, just because it might take a little bit of um, hard work in initially. But now, you know, with MakerDAO, with other projects, um, you know, kind of experimenting, because really DAOs are still in this experimental phase. We've seen things that work well, and we've seen things that don't work well. And a lot of it, usually comes down to the incentive alignment and, and, you know, really getting to the core of of what a community should coordinate around and why they want to participate and what is the long-term value to their participation and the long-term value to the, you know, the project or the community or whatever the, and, you know, whatever it is that the DAO is focused on, you know, how do those two things, how, how compatible are they? Um, because you could easily say, okay, you know, let's spin up a DAO. Um, we're going to create a token. And, you know, now we call our, we're calling ourselves a DAO. Um, you know, that might work for like a month, but to get the real value out of it and to have people coming back and investing their time and um, putting in the work, you have to make it meaningful. And, you know, each each individual, um, you know, DAO has to figure out what that looks like. But um, I'm a, I'm obviously a fan of them. I think they're you know the way they kind of improve upon a corporate structure is you know is really fascinating. And for people to be able to kind of like input their values into code, you know, that's represented in code on a blockchain is is super unique. Um, yeah, so absolutely. Just want to say uh, welcome to the participants. We had a glitch in the background, but uh, hopefully now uh, it's sorted out. Uh, ask your questions. Ben is uh, really a leader in this. Try to really take benefit. We understand more now uh, what is DAO. And I will ask you one question before we continue with Tay. Uh, so keep your questions coming. Follow Jen, uh, Jen Sanaji at uh, LinkedIn. Uh, yeah. Jen, can, is, is your project listed now or it's still in that uh, testing phase or final phases of, you know, uh, when, if it is not, when will it be uh, released? So people can actually, you know, start having some sense because everybody is panicking now on the USDT or the tether uh, <laughs> issue that is coming up uh, yeah, we're live. We've been live for some time. So um, the Maker Protocol launched in um, beta in December 2017 in, in the first version, which was called Single Collateral Die, which allowed for just one collateral type to be used to generate die. 
and that was ETH. And then in um, 2019, December, um, excuse me, November 2019, we launched the version two of the system, which is called uh, multi-collateral die. So that that allows for um, you know many different types of assets, not just ETH. Um, to be used as collateral to generate DAI. So all of those collateral types are voted in by MKR holders through that decentralized governance process. But to date, we have, you know, I think over 20 different asset types. So actually other stable coins, which, you know, might sound odd, but, you know, some people who are holding USDC, USDT, but want to have access to DAI can lock up their stable coins and generate DAI. Um, you know, we also have wrapped Bitcoin, um, you know, Comp, Aave, Uniswap, um, you know, some YFI tokens. So there's a lot of diversification in the types of assets that you could use to generate DAI right now. Um, you know, from a growth perspective, from our team, um, we're, we've, you know, integrated DAI or the Maker Protocol in over a thousand different applications. So it's, you know, you could find DAI on pretty much every major exchange, um, you know, centralized exchanges, wallets. That was um, my, my next question about which exchange are you available? Because people want, you know, they want a way out. And how yeah. can they <laughs> kind of secure that way out for, for that? Especially, you know, <laughs> things are crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so you think, you know, in the U.S., like all the major ones like Coinbase, Gemini, Binance U.S., um, Kraken, um, yeah, Bitstamp. Um, in Europe, we're on pretty much all the exchanges. So we actually have team members um, that work in different markets. So we have a, a LATAM team. We have um, somebody in Europe, somebody covering Asia, then myself in um, the U.S. So we really try to make sure that DAI has on and off ramps in every market. So um, yeah, at this point, I think there's really probably very little exchanges. I, I wouldn't even know off the top of my head, which ones we're currently not on, but, but all the big ones where, you know, you'll be able to access die, um, which is important for, for your listeners. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Jen, can you tell me what was or one of your scariest moments at uh, work in, in MakerDAO? You, do you remember something like really that scared you off or scared the community of uh, some type of event? Um, I mean, well, Black Thursday last March was very scary. That was, <laughs> I think we all remember that as a bad yeah. market day. Hopefully this is kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of a scary day too. But yeah. no, kidding aside, um, you know, not so much, I guess personally, I wouldn't call it scary, but it was more like, um, you know, finding myself in a whole new world when I joined Maker, um, you know, prior to this, I worked in digital advertising. So when I was, I knew I wanted to get out of that industry, but I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do. Um, a friend um, pointed me in the direction of blockchain. So I did a bunch of research. And um, once I kind of realized like, this is something I want to be part of, I started to look at job opportunities. And at the time Maker was hiring. So um it was about two, maybe two months after I had started, um, you know, and when, with you, when you start any new job, there's a lot of, there's a learning curve, but I found like the learning curve with Maker was just felt so massive because it was not just like Maker, the protocol itself, which is somewhat sophisticated and not that easy if you're not, you know, familiar with DeFi, but also learning all about, you know, the ins and out of blockchain, 
ends financial concepts. If you haven't worked in finance, um, there's a lot of traditional financial concepts that come into play with all these different DeFi applications. So I just, you know, there's a day where I remember vividly sitting in my chair with my boss, um, who was a great mentor. And, um, you know, he was whiteboarding and showing me the breakdown of the system. And I just thought, oh, my goodness, like, what? (laughs) I get myself into like this is amazing but I have no idea what these people are talking about and it was one of those moments where I I knew it was it was gonna be a whole new world and um you know now that I've you know I've obviously you know gotten much more familiar with this space um there still is not a day that goes by where I don't read something where it's where it's not entirely familiar. And I think that's the beautiful thing about working in, yeah. in this space is that information is being created and new concepts are coming into play. New technologies are being used in different ways that it's it's impossible to feel like, A, you've mastered it um, or you're bored, right? So working in this field, I think, is, is really, really uh, rewarding for that reason. But it is yeah. certainly a little intimidating at first. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, rewards, I mean, uh, Maker uh, has a big reward for its community with the price sitting at $4,020 as of now. It came like long, long, long way from six years ago. Um, and you're speaking about work and work opportunities. I know many of our followers on Dextalks, especially the ones in Lebanon, and specifically I'm talking to the female talent in Lebanon that has recently, many of them, took a big learning curve with the University of Nicosia. They have taken their certificates of the MOOC program, and now they are ready to change careers or to look for a job. Where can they look for a job at MakerDAO? And can you just give us in a very, yeah, short preview how does a recruitment process at MakerDAO happens because we know there's no company that you can knock the door and say hey please can i apply for a job how can they apply and what can they expect in the interview process some uh, cheat uh, cheat sheets <laughs> if we can if we can take from you uh, jennifer before we uh, go on with the news yeah, so um, so I guess two things. So the Maker Foundation, which is still intact and is kind of the, um, you know, the company that has the legal team, um, you know, marketing team, developers, and where the, our team, the BD team, um, used to work under, that still exists. And they actually are still hiring. So I would go, I don't know off the top of my head, but I would go to MakerDAO.com and look um, on the career section. Um, and you will see, you know, there could be opportunities um, for probably a lot more technical roles. But um, I do know that, you know, there's been opportunities for community leads or account managers. So I would check that out. I would also, um, you know, come check out just the maker community. So as I described, the DAO is now kind of um, in investing in these in, in business units that will essentially help to grow the overall ecosystem. So the growth team as a business unit was, you know, we proposed what our business can do. And then that was actually voted on by the community holders. So there's contributors who can participate on these different um, business units. And, you know, if, if you see an opportunity or you have an idea that you think would be beneficial to MakerDAO maker and the ecosystem, you can actually propose 
um, a business idea. So uh, for that, I would go to forum.makerdao.com and you can get a sense of the the various, um, we call them MIPS proposals that are being put up. Um, you can also just got to feel for the topics and the, you know, the opportunities where that you can, you know, maybe make a difference. So I would look there. But I would also say this is a great time to get into crypto at large, even outside of Maker, because uh, the space is just growing so quickly. Up until today, it felt like a really good bull market. So people seem to be hiring a lot. Um, there's a lot more money um, being invested in companies. And that means people are expanding teams. Yeah. So I would encourage people just to find what specific area you like. It may not be trading. It may not be DeFi specifically. It could be, you could be interested to, you know, work for an NFT platform. If you're interested in the art side of it, um, you know, gaming, there's a lot of blockchain based gaming development going on, you know, so I think, you know, there's, you know, you want to stay in find something that resonates with your kind of innate interests Um, And the beauty of that is that, you know, there are a lot more verticals expanding within within this space to do that. But yeah, I would I would encourage everybody, like if you're thinking about it, if you're interested, take it from me, like I definitely took a big leap and it felt uncomfortable, but I've, you know, I've only been happy with that decision. Yeah, nice, nice, Jennifer. Well, I think uh, Lebanon would be uh, proud to have you and uh, we're proud of you being one of the big names in MakerDAO and leading the growth of this decentralized autonomous organization. It will not be the last time that we will hear from MakerDAO next week on Wednesday at the same time, the same session. We will be interviewing one of the local heroes of MakerDAO in Latin America. So we will get more insights on how they build their P2P markets, how did they promote DAI there, and how DAI became one of the most used stable uh, currencies uh, uh, in this space. Uh, Jennifer, thank you again for uh, uh, being here with us on your busy schedule. I wish you all the best, all the best to the MakerDAO Foundation, and uh, we'll see you hopefully on the next episodes. Thank, thank you gonna, so much for having me. Yeah, I'm going to ask you before you're going to leave, okay. what are you going to tell you know, the Lebanese people or the people in MENA or Middle East and North Africa you know, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to benefit from you, uh, because you said you suffered in the beginning. It was totally new. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. all of this, those challenges. What do you have? One advice for them in the crypto world, in the blockchain world. You know, is to go and do what to start where possibly. You know, in a practical uh, way, mm-hmm. because I know there's you know, it's it's the future. Mm-hmm. Blockchain and all of this is really the future. What do you really tell them so they can? Uh, start you know, because our platform is about those learnings, is about those tips, is about you know inspiration, inspiring the, pe- the people. And here we go. We have you today on an actual project, successful project. Uh, how can you really, you know, that one advice to get into to kind of break into the space? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say for me personally, what I did was at the time when I had a friend who was saying, you should really look into blockchain. This is a really cool thing. And I was like, I don't know what this blockchain is, but I'll go and Google it and find out. Um, You know, I did a lot of my own just internet uh, research. And then there was actually at the time, there was what they this class in New York City. Um, It was like a five-day workshop. Um, It was like um, blockchain boot camp. 
And so I went to that and it kind of gave me a really good like overview of, you know, the technology. It certainly wasn't enough to make me like fully up to speed, but it gave me enough where I could actually feel you know, capable of applying for jobs and having interviews. And, you know, I think, you know, the companies aren't going to expect you to be an expert. I think right now, a lot of companies in, you know, in our space are looking for people with different backgrounds. So if you are somebody that worked in traditional finance, somebody that worked in, you know, web two, you can take all of those experiences and apply them to our space because what our space is is trying to do is is improve upon those older legacy industries. So I I would not discount your current experience. And if you're somebody in college, um, you know, if you're an economics major or computer science major, um, or even philosophy, surprisingly, a lot of people in our space are, you know, were philosophy majors, Um, bring that to the table. Um, And I think, you know, the beauty is like, this is such an open kind of community and culture, not, not maker specifically, but the, the crypto and more so Ethereum community that um, if you bring, you know, ideas, you bring a willing willingness to contribute, a willingness to learn. Um, it's a lot easier than applying to like a traditional bank or a traditional company, like a big Facebook, where you're just going to be one of thousands of applicants, I think you could really break through the noise um, much easier. And you could do that by reaching out to people on Twitter, you know, crypto Twitter, you could find um, so much information. And if there's a person you want to connect with, you know, send them a a message, Um, you know, you can join the forums and communities. Um, Like, again, you're just basically able to participate as, as anybody can, even if you don't own the token, you can still participate in the conversations and 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 there's just a lot more easy ways to jump in than than actually you know traditional job searches. So I would say, you know, do a little homework, find out what appeals to you, look at those types of companies that are doing work in that space, reach out um, you know, on Twitter, join their community. Most of them have it via Telegram or Discord, um, and just, you know, join in. Um, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised how easy it is compared to old ways of doing things. Thank you. And uh, Bob, I have a message for you. Thank you. Lovely initiatives. Uh, it was really uh, awesome having you on this platform. Keep up the great work and we'll see Dow next week. Uh, yeah, hopefully yeah, for more. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much, guys. I appreciate the opportunity to join you and no, your audience. You. Thank it was you. really fun. All right. Have a lovely morning and uh, yeah. catch up soon. Okay. Shokran. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.